Hey everybody, you're listening to the Jimmy's Table podcast, jimmystable.com. I'm your host, Jimmy Humphrey, where I like to have conversations about faith, life, culture, and sometimes food. So this past week in the United States and the House of Representatives, the House of Representatives passed legislation that would decriminalize marijuana for recreational use all throughout the country. 222 votes for, 158 votes against, making marijuana possession legal. This was mostly along party lines in which five Republicans, though, did support the law. And now it goes on to the Senate for consideration. And in the light of such, I thought it would be great today to have an important conversation about whether or not we should decriminalize marijuana. And in order to have this conversation, I have invited a personal friend of mine. He goes by the name, the pseudonym, the Theosaurus Rex. He goes by this to remain anonymous online to protect his own personal identity, which I totally respect. Um, I know his real name and where he lives, but in order to protect his identity and to wish to remain anonymous, I will simply use his online moniker and stage name, the Theosaurus Rex. St. Theosaurus Rex is a millennial dinosaur who has a bachelor's degree in international studies of political science and politically identifies as a communitarian liberal which is, for those of you who don't know, socially conservative and fiscally constitutional. He also has a Master's of Divinity in Christian Education from New Orleans Baptist Theological Seminary and identifies as a charismatic Bapticostal. Ha! Glory! Um, eventually, he'd love to get a PhD, um, but for now, he is currently pastoring in a small church in the South, and I thought he would be a great individual to have this important conversation on regarding whether or not marijuana should be decriminalized and legalized. Uh, St. Theosaurus Rex and I disagree on this. We, even though we are both Christians, uh, we have a little bit differing view regarding politics and how that plays out in the practical. Um, so but before we get into today's discussion about whether or not marijuana should be legalized, I want to go ahead and play this clip from The Godfathers in which there's the meeting of the five families and they get to discuss get together to discuss whether or not they are going to traffic in drug sales and distribution. Uh, I think it's an interesting conversation to hear them talk about because uh, it kind of sounds a little bit not too unlike some of the conversations that have probably been happening around this country and even in the halls of Congress. So I'm going to play this clip for you and then we will switch over to the interview discussion in which I engage St. Theosaurus Rex on the issue of whether or not marijuana should be decriminalized. Hope you guys enjoy this podcast. If you do, be sure to subscribe and email me, jimmy at jimmystable.com. I covet your feedback. So without further ado, I'm going to play this clip, and then we'll get right into the interview. I also don't believe in drugs. For years, I paid my people extra so they wouldn't do that kind of business. Somebody comes to them and says, I have powders. If you put up three, four thousand dollar investment, we can make fifty thousand distributing. So they can't resist. I want to control it as a business to keep it respectable. I don't want it near schools. I don't want it sold to children. That's an infamia. In my city, we would keep the traffic in the dark, people to call it. They're animals anyway, so let them lose their souls. I hope that we could come here and reason together. 
And as a reasonable man, I'm willing to do whatever's necessary to find a peaceful solution to these problems. Then we are agreed. The traffic in drugs will be permitted, but controlled. And Don Corleone will give her protection in the East, and there will be the peace. So my guest today, St. Theosaurus Rex and I, are in agreement as Christians. The widespread use and acceptance of marijuana is troubling. We both consider it not only unethical, but sinful. And while there's nothing in the Bible that explicitly condemns the use of marijuana explicitly, the Bible does make it clear that God has called us to live a life of sobriety, and that intoxication in all its forms is a sin for which Christ ultimately died. However, just because Jesus isn't down with folks smoking wacky tobacco, this doesn't mean it should be legal, or does it? So, welcome St. Theosaurus Rex. Uh, I hope you are prepared to have a very uh, flavorful conversation about this uh, important topic. Oh, you best believe it. And greetings, everyone. I am Theosaurus Rex. Legal or illegal? What do you think? What 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 is your opinion? What what would you state outright? Just so for the folks, you're you're going to take the legal uh illegal position that it should be marijuana should be banned, correct? Yes, I am. I so I'm I'm coming from a what they call a communitarian liberal, and um, because I was just long story short on that, I was as I was getting my poli sci degree, my political science degree. I was trying to find something where I could be like socially conservative and then fiscally like libertarian. And um, I was having such an issue with it. And then I discovered this communitarian liberalism and liberalism is a capital L liberal, which means that you're the most extreme would be like a libertarian. Mm. And um, but I believe that the federal government within the bounds of the Constitution can and should intervene or even state governments if the, if the federal government isn't allowed to should intervene in issues that um, could affect the community. So this is one of the ways I'm able to say, government, stay out of my business, but also it's okay to ban abortion, prostitution, drugs, gambling if the state desires and stuff like that. And not, that way I'm not being, in my opinion, hypocritical on that. So, because um, sometimes you need the coercion of the government to help people not hurt themselves in terms of things that can affect other people and not just the individual. So what measures do you think have to be put in place? What, what metrics, what, what methodology does the government have to ultimately employ in order to say, hey, this is a, a place where I need to intervene? Why does the government need to say that a relatively harmless drug like marijuana is uh, not kosher and it's not okay and should be illegal, whereas, you know, I'm free free to eat as much uh, McDonald's every day. If I want to go to McDonald's every day and get a McRib, uh, which I actually know somebody that is. Um, <laughs> uh, this is very sad. I know. He's like my, one of my friends, sidebar, one of my friends yeah. posted on Facebook today, a McRib a day will keep the doctor away. And I'm like... I don't yeah. think that's how that works. Yeah, uh, um, I think the uh, the doctor might be that might be a euphemism for something else, but definitely <laughs> not like an actual doctor. Right. So why why should the government be able to 
intervene on my right to smoke as much marijuana as I theoretically want. Not that I have ever smoked marijuana, endorsed smoking marijuana, or encouraged the smoking of marijuana. <laughs> but let's just say that I chose to do so. Why should the government be able to intervene on my smoking marijuana? But if I want to eat a McRib for breakfast, lunch, and dinner for the next you know month or two months or however long McDonald's runs their special promo, yeah. um, why should the government be able to intervene on that? But if they and should they be able to intervene on the McRib? Should the McDonald's corporation have to wonder about the government all of a sudden making it illegal for them to uh, grow, sell, produce, and uh, distribute McRibs? Well, the reality is the government already does that in all aspects of our life. Um, the government tells McDonald's that what standards it it has to do to, to keep their McDonald's clean. It says, "Hey, by the way, you can't put." Um, human feces in your food you can't do um you you have to have certain um cleaning standards you cannot use um uh, horse meat in your beef and then call it beef and stuff like that so the government <laughs> already does that kind of stuff and what it has to do is it's you've got to um we've got to decide and agree upon as a society where are we going to draw that line and um so i i would choose to draw that line with something that I believe is harmful and we've seen harmful effects and many of us have experienced someone who has been affected. Now, granted, we've also probably experienced somebody who has been, one would argue, be non-negatively affected by like hair, um, heroin usage, by uh, marijuana usage and whatnot. So it just comes down to where do we want to draw that line? And um, But this isn't this is something that we as a society have already accepted, the government telling us what we can and can't do, what businesses can and can't do, and stuff like that. So I don't know that it's that much more of a stretch to say you can't do that with um, marijuana. So is that line then, um, if we concede that the government has um, the authority and power granted to it by the people, um, does is there what what's the art what what's the metric that they use to determine where that line should be drawn? Is it simply the will of the people? Is it simply the 51 plus votes necessary to make it is it that arbitrary or is there something more philosophical um that the government uses to determine which substances or which foods uh we should ban or not ban because you know my friend could have a massive coronary coronary tomorrow um as a result of his mass consumption of mcribs i mean we've already i don't i'm sure we've all seen that documentary that guy put on years ago about how he uh, ate mcdonald's super yeah supersized me i'm sure we yeah. saw that and we saw the harmful effects that mcdonald's like mcdonald's was shutting down this guy's liver and the doctor begged him to stop um yeah. so at what point do does the government have the authority right and ability to draw that line, and when have they overstretched that? At what point would you say, no, get your hands off my McRib? Yeah. Um, well, I think for, um, and this kind of goes into two separate parts. So constitutionally, if it's not spoken of, and this is kind of where it may seem like I agree with you in some ways on a purely principal aspect of it, if according to the Tenth Amendment, if it's not spoken of in the Constitution, it is purely up to the states to decide. So that would be a situation to where, like, should there be a federal ban on um, marijuana and stuff like that? 
in theory, one could argue, and I think, and I hope this, I'm not jumping ahead too far, but like libertarians like Justin Amash and whatnot would say, no, that would be against the Constitution to have a ban on it federally, and it should be state to state to decide. Um, I think, though, that the reason why the federal government gets to get their fingers in it is based on the Commerce Clause, because it would be something that might be sold, um, you know, across state lines. Right. That's how they're trying to, to rule it. But that's, that's kind of a side note. So technically, um, it should be a state's decision for it, um, at least in my interpretation of it. Okay. So, But how do, where do we draw the line in that sense? Since I think it, um, there are some things that the government, like, so for, for the McRib thing, I think that comes into personal responsibility more so because it is up to you to have that personal responsibility to not gorge yourself on a McRib three times a day. Um, like I, when I was in seminary, there was a, a rallies outside of it. That, that's checkers if you're in the South or on that. Anyway, this, that's the side of the South. Um, but a rallies, and I had rallies for breakfast, lunch, dinner, and then a snack, and then breakfast the next day. My body revolted against me. Um, so it's I protesting too much, too much. But those, those, the seasoned fries are so good. Oh, man, I bet. They're, anyway, that's just a woo. I love fries and anyway. seasoning. Yes. Uh, so I think in that sense, that's where it is personal responsibility for like overdoing it. Should the government ban the outright selling of the McRib? No, because I don't think the... The a McRib, an individual McRib in and of itself, is necessarily harmful to the community and whatnot. So why uh, why why would you uh, therefore turn around and say, you know, marijuana specifically or any other drug? Why why does the government get to say, you know, marijuana is too dangerous, but you know, feel free to you know gorge yourself on as many McRibs as you want, even if it kills you um, in the near term or long term? Why? What what is the dividing line? What what measure is the government saying this but not that? A lot of it has to do with the um, the destructive um, nature of it in in many ways. Whether it be, and I think like right now, it's 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 kind of one of those tricksy things where. I don't know. It doesn't seem so tricky to me. It seems like I should have the right to self-determination and that I should have the right to own and possess uh, marijuana or McRibs or a coffee table and that the government should keep its nose out of my business so long as I'm not tra trampling on somebody else's rights. Um, you know, if, uh, if I'm not, you know, trampling on somebody else's rights, why should they care what I'm doing to my body? Where are you getting? So, and that's part of where I think it's kind of tricksy. Like, if right now, if you purchase marijuana, let's say that it were immediately made legal, like at immediately, right now, snap the finger, it's now legal. So, even if it were legal, you're we're still going to be getting production from cartels, from from nefarious individuals, and um, so. And I think in that sense, it's one of the reasons why they're banning it. So then that might say. Well, we need to create an infrastructure for legal pot sales and stuff like that, which you, one could argue for. But I think for sure it's in the state's national interest for public safety to not have um, not be purchasing narcotics and other drugs from um, cartels and nefarious people. Well, I mean, there's always going to be black markets. I mean, there's we have legalized cigarettes and alcohol. 
um, sales and distribution, but there's still black markets for those. And that still goes on regardless of, you know, what legal channels are set up. I think there's always going to be a black market because anytime the government attempts to regulate something, um, yeah. it, it instantly creates a black market because it's saying that, you know, you can do this, but you can't do that. But there's always going to be somebody who wants to do it the way the government says it can't be done. And so there's always going, anytime they do that, all they're automatically going to create a black market, just, just like they did with prohibition. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, prohibition ended up creating massive black markets. And many would say that, uh, historically speaking, that a lot of the proliferation of gangs and mafia mob type stuff, and a lot of violent activity that we saw in the early 20th century was directly attributable to prohibition and the black market that the government created as a result of criminalizing the sale of alcohol. Yeah. And, um, so doesn't the government just create make in trying to solve a problem? Isn't the government just exasperating the problem and creating a sec in truth, they're creating a secondary black market because there's always going to people go in the shadows and, and that's what we have right now. They've criminalized marijuana and a host of other drugs um, at the federal level and, and many state levels. Um, and as a result, we have these massive black markets and the government making it illegal has not stopped the proliferation of these drugs um, in the market. And they're just, you know, they're everywhere you could want to find it today. I'm sure I, I don't. Yeah, I'm sure if I wanted to right now, I could probably score marijuana within probably an hour. Um, if even that, you know? Yeah. Um, well, so, but then you go into think if we, we shouldn't seek to, I think part of it then goes into what is your rationale for making it, for legalizing it. Um, and, and I think that's probably where we get into danger more so than other things. So if you, if we, if the goal is to take things off of black market and have a safe, um, uh, what is it called? Um, where they regulated a safe and regulated um, source of something, as you mentioned, as you just mentioned, it's not necessarily going to happen. You're still going to have things that are unregulated and still going to have a black market for it, right? You just have a greater black market right now. Um, my dad was a hippie in the '70s, and woo-hoo! he got some woohoo, yes. Um, so he was smoking the doobies and all that kind of good stuff, woohoo. And, um, so he got something laced with PCP and, um, you know, and, and even then he, so then he, and that was negative, of course, and the, and the idea argument would go if it had been legalized at that time, then, um, he would have been able to get, you know, pure pot that wasn't, um, laced with it because, you know, that wouldn't have been allowed type thing in theory. So there's definitely, and just like you do in Colorado and all these other places, Vermont and right. So then you can go into, so then I think we kind of get into this interesting spot where it's like, do we, are we arguing whether or not the, the government could, or are we arguing whether or not the government ought to? And then based on that, and then it goes into a, should we support the government? What would we vote for individually to support and I think that's where we kind of get into it. So, like, for me, um, and I think that's kind of where we run to, like, areas to agree and disagree. Like, so for me, I could never vote for something to legalize something that I believe is wrong. So, therefore, 
if we even if the government had the opportunity and it would be an infringement of rights for them to continue to have marijuana be banned, I could not in good conscience vote for something that would legalize something I believe is wrong and enable people to sin. Okay, so would you apply that across the board then? What about divorce? What about adultery? I mean, you can get a divorce and that's, you know, yeah. clearly unbiblical. I know there would be those who would disagree, but generally right. speaking, uh, the, the Bible, you know, at least frowns and strongly suggests that divorce is immoral, um, right. if not outright sinful, if not outright prohibited, except under extreme circumstances. Um, but whatever the case, we have things like that. And I mean, would you vote to make divorce, the ability to get a divorce or some other thing that you consider sinful, um, that, you know, hundreds of millions of Americans engage in an everyday activity? Should we vote to, you know, um, not allow those things? Well, and that's kind of where we get into, um, to... And that might be a, a church and state sort of issue. Um, well, not necessarily, because we get the opportunity to, um, you know, I, we, have, we all have to vote how we believe we should vote and whether or not our, our ideas and rationale for voting is based on biblical faith or not. That isn't necessarily a church and state thing. Right. Um, now, so I think that there is, and, and it's kind of like a case by case thing, which is one of the reasons why I love communitarian liberalism is because I can choose case by case. So like, as an let's just let's use one like um, sex outside of marriage. Mm -hmm. Like that's obviously a sin. Um, and do I believe the government should ban that? I do not believe the government should ban that because then that gets in the government banning sex, which is, you know, a, which is a good thing that was created and that we should participate in. Um, but like in terms of, but like there's nothing inherently good or redeeming that God tells people to go out and smoke something. There's just, there's the negative consequences that come along with it and whatnot. So I think that's kind of different in that sense. And so that's one of the things where I don't want the government involved in things that can be good that may just be misused. But I don't see a redeeming or beneficial thing to smoking pot. Um, so I can't, I would well, support what, government. What about those who use it for medical purposes? I mean, people who use it to help with pain and use it as an alternative to prescribed opio opioids, opioids which are, you know, highly addictive and actually killing people, whereas marijuana, not highly addictive, and has, you can't OD on marijuana, last I checked. Um, yeah. So while, you know, marijuana can definitely be a hallucinogen that makes you kind of, you know, off and maybe a little slow, um, right. and maybe give you, you know, increased appetites and, you know, all the various side effects, um, you know, the THC and marijuana yep. won't kill you. Um, at best, it just puts you in an alternative state of mind and such alternative state of mind, you know, differs from person to person and depending on how much they smoke and inhale and all that fun stuff. Um, yeah. but, uh, you know, isn't there, couldn't you just say, well, can't you say, well, maybe the government could regulate the usage of it saying, okay, you can have one doobie a day, but no more just in the same way that they say you can't blow up more than a 0 0.08 on a blood alcohol test in the state of North Carolina. Um, you know, shouldn't the government just say, okay, you know, there's nothing wrong with you owning it. You're free to own it. Um, because of your natural rights of self-determination, your rights to, uh, possess whatever you want to possess so long as you're not possessing people or violating somebody else's rights 
or a threat to somebody else's rights, um, shouldn't they allow even maybe the small use of it, the small ownership of it, um, so long as it's not causing you to go crazy? There's there's a couple things. Um, so to get to, I think the first point I made is medical marijuana versus like opioids and whatnot. And as someone who has had many surgeries and has been... Um, you know, you end up going through withdrawals after a while, and, and sure. opiate withdrawals are terrible. Of course, I've, I've never done anything more than that. You know, than I need to. But opiate withdrawals, even for naturally prescribed stuff after surgery, are terrible. Yeah, um, I, I, had, I felt it when I broke my leg last year and was giving opioids, right. and like it dawned on me about like a week into it, and they started weaning me off of it, and I was like, oh man, I can feel that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then like you just get used to it, and then like it's like. It was like I, for the first time, having you know been on opioids and whatnot, I was like, oh, this is why people continue to do drugs and whatnot because right. the withdrawals are terrible. I mean, it's not the only reason. So I totally understand that. I think that while there is a physical chemical dependency um, that opioids have, I think there is a emotional, psychological, somewhat like addiction type thing for people who who do smoke marijuana because you are getting that rush of endorphins and your body can get used to it and crave it in the same way that like stuff and sexual things can be addicting because right. you're getting that flow of endorphins while it won't necessarily be physically addicting to somebody. Right. And I think that in that way, um, that that's kind of where the, the uh, marijuana can be addicting in a non-chemical way. Um, so let's see. But even with the emotional aspect that, you know, maybe people who, like Willie Nelson and Snoop Dogg and all these other famous people have uh, with their popular use of smoking marijuana. Um, you know, you could say that with a lot of things. Like, I love my cup of coffee in the morning and I can't, yeah. you know, I can't function well or as well unless I have my regular dose of caffeine and it makes my day better. Um, you know, if, if, you know, even though I don't approve of the use of marijuana because I think it, goes a step higher than, you know, a caffeine. But if somebody's using it for yeah. the same purposes because it helps them get through their day better or they're self-medicating for some reason, like, you know, taking marijuana just like they would pop to a leave, you know, yeah. why should the government say, no, that's that's too much. What what principle here is at stake um, to give the government? Because I don't, from my perspective, even yeah. as much as I disagree with the use of marijuana, I don't like, I also disagree with the government intruding in areas that just seem arbitrary and don't have some sort of underlying principle. Um, like, I don't mind the government telling me to wear a mask because, you know, I could possibly, you know, breathe on somebody and spread COVID and that would infringe on their right to not get sick um, and their right to life and liberty. Um, or to, That's you know, very interesting because I'm kind of the opposite. I don't think the government should tell me to wear a mask. However, I believe it is my personal responsibility and moral responsibility to wear a mask. Okay. Well, so or, it's, it's really but, interesting how we're like, right. Flip it on the different thing. Anyway, sorry. Right. Go but ahead. like, but, uh, but I don't mind the government having regulations and saying, here's some guardrails, um, yeah. on, on areas just like, I mean, I, I believe the government contrary to what some my libertarian friends would say, you know, because of the commerce clause, the government does have authority. This is not a disputed, 
matter. This is a, a clearly legal matter that they've already settled on for a long time. The government yeah. does have pretty much unilateral authority already given to them by the Constitution and the Commerce Clause to pretty much regulate anything they want, any way they want, and you have to comply. Um, yeah. And, you know, that kind of sucks, but whatever. That's, that's the reality in which we live. So, therefore, if the government is going to have such powers, what is going to be the guiding principle by which they decide they need to regulate something? And it would be my contention the government should only regulate those things which could potentially give harm to cause, uh, regulate those things that would cause me to potentially um, violate the rights of somebody else. Um, and if there is no threat of me violating their rights from that explicit use of that thing, then the government needs to back away and they shouldn't be able to determine whether or not I own a gun um, or whether or not I own marijuana or whether or not I own a table. Um, so long as I can use those things without infringing on somebody mm -hmm. else's natural rights, their, their rights to life and liberty and the pursuit of happiness, then they need to just stay out of my life um, and, and just allow me to live my life and to, to determine what I want to do with the things that I want to do so long as I'm not um, a clear and present threat to somebody else's rights. Because um, I look at the government as existing primarily to secure rights and to protect me uh, or to right wrongs when my rights have been infringed. And I don't know that my smoking marijuana, if I did, or owning marijuana is something that should be criminalized because whose rights am I violating by owning marijuana or smoking marijuana? Or maybe I don't smoke it. Maybe I have some other utilitarian purpose that doesn't involve smoking it. Maybe I just like holding it as a prop in a YouTube video or something. You know, yeah. um, whatever the case is in regard to my use, as long as I'm not using it in a way that is possibly infringing on somebody else's rights, then I should be able to own it just like I do tobacco, alcohol, or whatever other thing that I may wish, wish to possess and use. So I've said a lot. What say you? Um, let me let me answer your question with a question. What do you think about um, government requiring seatbelts? I think they should. They uh, the do... they own the roads. Those roads, okay. we don't. I don't have a right to drive on the roads. The roads are a mode of transportation in form of uh, infrastructure that the government controls and regulates, um, and they do so because it's theirs. Okay. Because that's like, I, I can understand like the, the speed limit thing because it's like, hey, in theory, you could hurt someone. Right. So, but you'd say because of it. Now, what about... Um, and part of it, I'm not asking questions to kind of gotcha. Sure. I'm asking questions. Kind of, I'm not trying to figure it out, too, because I am, I'm, I have my, anyway, I'm, I'm flexible on stuff. <laughs> Be so, flexible. What about in a personal, um, in a particular, like, what do you, how do you feel about government imposing cleanliness standards and whatnot on a restaurant? In theory, the restaurant owned its own, it owns its own property, it owns its own license, and right. if they want to serve rotten food or disguised food, 
in theory, they should be able to do that. And then the market would say, hey, we don't agree with that. And, you know, so, you, so that in theory, you shouldn't have to have standards. I, I think that they like should that. have uh, standards when it comes to those things, because you're serving food that could potentially harm somebody if it is not properly handled and, um, and prepared. And or, um, you know, so if you cook something and it's not handled correctly, you could potentially give that person food poisoning and they could die from it. Um, so I'm perfectly okay with the government making sure that the food is handled correctly and safely. Now, whether I want to have a McRib or if I want to have a filet mignon, you know, that's between me and the proprietor of the business. Um, yeah. But, uh, you know, whether or not um, the meat was handled properly and that they um, deliver what I ordered um, is something that they should be regulated because if I order a steak and it's listed as a fillet of beef, if they give me horse meat, then they have lied to me and defrauded me and, and contractually uh, I have been violated um, because they did not fulfill their end of the uh, agreement by giving me what I ordered. And so that's a contractual violation and government has, you know, total right to enforce contracts. Um, yeah. So, you know, but like they don't, but there are government, um, regulations that aren't in terms of contract, but they're like, you know, the whole, how they have to post like, um, nutrition information right. and things like that. I, um, I think maybe some of the, like, you have to post how many calories something has, things like that might be a bit of a stretch. Um, yeah. I think that might be a little unfair, both to the restaurant, um, and I don't know that it's of health benefit. I mean, there are apps out there if you want to download an yeah. app on your phone that will give you an idea of how much, how many calories are in something. Um, but uh, so I don't have a problem, though, generally with the government imposing um, health standards on publicly sold um, goods and services in which, you know, somebody's rights could be infringed as a result of the mishandling of that product yeah that's fair so so follow up to that do you, how do you feel about um and and this is i'm just once again i'm trying to figure stuff out in terms of things how do you feel about the government requiring like warning labels on cigarettes and would you be okay with something like that on pot if it were to be legalized uh, i'd be okay with them saying uh putting warning applicable warning labels on pot i think maybe perhaps the government overdoes it with uh, some of the cigarette packaging and stuff they require. I mean, I'm not up to date on what's on cigarette packages. I don't smoke and I've never smoked. Um, but, you know, sometimes I've seen packages on TV or in the news that seem like certain states might have ridiculous requirements um, that seem just a little over the top because I think everybody who picks up a pack of cigarettes knows what they're getting into. Um, yeah. And... Um, but as a general guiding principle, I don't have any problem with them, you know, at least putting a somewhere, some sort of public health warning about the use of the product. So if they want to regulate its usage, um, with marijuana and say, Hey, you know, these are the health benefits or side effects, negative side effects of marijuana use. Um, you know, I'm totally fine with that. Um, but I don't think they should be able to just, or they shouldn't just arbitrarily, um, just cut off, um, my ability to possess such a thing and use it if I so choose. 
could we not use that same kind of argument with, hey, I'm doing it to myself and it doesn't really matter. And once again, we're not speaking from a moral standpoint, right? Um, just mainly political. Could we not use that to go against any sort of regulation and then to further that, then go against any sort of, to almost move to a Oregon where like, hey, everything is decriminalized type thing. Um, I mean, I think you could if you wanted to go down that route. Um, yeah. But I don't think you necessarily have to do that, kind of a slippery slope sort of thing. I mean, I, I could go either way on that um, when it comes to regulating things and its usage. Because, um, like, I would, I find that, like, so for a lot of people, and especially, like, I have some, some friends who are kind of into that scene, and they are all for, like, marijuana being legalized. But yeah. they they understand the um, the dangers of like having meth or heroin and stuff like that legalized. Right. And they still believe those things should be legalized or not, to be criminalized. I mean, and, I, I can I can see that, but at the same time, it's kind of like, you know, why should the government? You know, the government doesn't own me. I'm my own yeah. free person. If I want to, like, they they could sit there and say, well. You know, you could harm yourself with that. Well, you know, I have a bottle of Clorox under my sink um, that, you know, I could also ingest and kill myself with and if I so chose. So, mm -hmm. you know, there's nothing stopping me from going downstairs under my sink and using a lot of things as if they were a drug. Um, right. So I don't, you know, I, I think the functional use of it, you know, to protect you from you, you know, I get that. But I, I don't think that's the primary concern and function of government. The, the function of government, so far as I see it, and kind of from a libertarian standpoint, mm -hmm. would be that the government exists to uh, use its coercive power um, to keep individuals from violating other individuals' free and natural rights. And when those rights are violated, then the government steps in to forcefully uh address those violations and to hold people accountable and and to bring justice um in order to right the wrongs and to restore things to the way they're supposed to be so if if you break into my house and steal something from me then it's the government's job to catch you and to take yeah. back what you stole from me and to return yeah. it to me uh just like Jesus did with the devil. Ha! Uh, <laughs> um, but uh, so I, I think that's the primary duty of government. I don't primarily see where the government should, from a natural law perspective, um, be about the business of protecting me from me. Um, can yeah. it? It does all the time. I mean, it already does. Uh, there are definitely contradictions in the way our government governs itself. Uh, but, but I think... Um, that, that goes back to the heart of the issue with, you know, what is the guiding principle? Are these just arbitrary rules that the government is imposing in which just we simply had 51 out of 100 people agree to something? Um, or is this a very principled thing? Um, and so far as I can see, you know, things when it comes to marijuana, which, you know, I agree it's it's an evil thing that I don't want anything personally to do with, but I don't think it should. I also don't think it's moral for me to use the power of the government to say no. I'm not going to let you harm yourself. 
um, because as much as I might be opposed to it, I'm also opposed to the unjust use of force. And I believe when you're getting into areas of regulating what you can and cannot do for your own personal business um, that doesn't involve somebody else's rights, then the government has overstepped its bounds and it has exceeded its just use of force. I would argue, so in many ways I agree with you about like kind of the role of government and what it's designed to do and what it shouldn't do and um, the level of involvement it should have. Um, I do, in, in terms of your, the bleach and that kind of thing, I think there are, there are purposes for bleach that aren't um, inherently destructive. And crystal meth, as an example, going to an extreme, does not have non-destructive, inherently destructive like things. It's designed to be addicting, to give you the high or whatever it is that gives you and that kind of stuff. Um, so I can in the same. So I wouldn't argue for the advocation of the government banning Clorox because it could be used negatively. I am in favor of them banning meth because it is always used destructively. But so who who cares? I mean, if it's even if it's. It, uh, apart, from, I mean, to me, it has nothing to do with the utilitarian purpose of the 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 item. Um, if mm -hmm. if I'm using it and I'm not infringing on anybody else's rights by my using it for my own personal purpose, whatever that purpose is, I'm I as a free individual. I was born free and I'll die free. Yeah. Um, freedom. Um. <laughs> Uh, you know, I, 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 you know, don't believe the government has the right to tell me the utilitarian purposes for which I can use something. Uh, maybe I want to discover another method. Uh, maybe I want to own something and I'll discover another method of, of using um, something. Like, for example, I don't know if you know this, but back in the 1600s, back when we were still in the colonies, um, state of Virginia legally required all farmers in the state of Virginia to grow marijuana for the purpose of uh, ropes, making ropes. Apparently, you can use marijuana leaf plants or whatever to make some pretty awesome ropes, um, <laughs> at least in the yeah. 1600s. Um, whether or not they do today, I have no idea. But uh, I'm guessing probably not. Um, no. But, <laughs> uh, but I haven't seen Willie Nelson arguing why we should legalize pot so he can, you know, uh, build the rope. But anyway... I digress. But so that was a legal requirement or, um, you know, early in the colonial days, marijuana was used as a form of currency um, amongst some of the colonies. So, you know, just because somebody may have a limited imagination and say, well, I'm just making meth so I can get high. What happens if somebody thinks of another purpose? Shouldn't that be the right of that person to ultimately determine as a free person who owns that property or that item free and clear? Um, shouldn't that be their right to determine its ultimate utilitarian purpose? Um, maybe they just like the shiny rock. Maybe they want to use it as a <laughs> stage prop. Maybe they uh, you know, want to use it in an art project. I, heavens, I don't know. Um, just because, you know, some stoner wants to use it to get high all the time doesn't mean I should be deprived of my right to use it maybe for something else. Or, you know, if I want to sit there and get high, why should the government care if I'm high or not, if I'm not infringing on the rights of somebody else in the process? What if, what if you had like a, a hallucinogenic, 
like how people mess with bath salts and they go and right. eat other people. Right. Right. But they don't know that they're doing it. They, because of the hallucinogenic properties of whatever they do with the bath salts or whatever, insert X drug, they do something that is, um, that does infringe on somebody else's rights, but they're not un under their own influence. I, I mean, we already have laws against theft and murder. So, you know, it seems like even if you're taking something that, you know, causes you to go into an alternative state of mind um, and that you're not aware of what you do while you're doing it but because of that alternative state of mind, you should still have the right to be able to use it. Now, if the government wants to, like with alcohol or prescription medications, like when I was on opioids for my broken leg and everything, um, I wasn't allowed to operate heavy machinery or drive a car. Um, right. So... You know, if the government wants to say, hey, you can smoke marijuana, you just can't operate a car or you you know, can't drive a forklift. I'm OK with that because I understand that my being high just as a general principle could result in me not having full control of my faculties, which could result in the injury of somebody else um, in the process of carrying out those activities. Um, but yeah. to own the thing in and of itself, um, how how maybe I just want to hold it and look at it and own it to piss somebody off. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, like so flag. maybe if I just want to own it to make my parents mad or make my church mad and, or, or what have you, maybe I'm a heretic and I like to use it in my cult. Um, right. you know, maybe I like to have biblical revelations with it. Uh, <laughs> um, you know, whatever the case, at what point does the government say, no, you can't do that to yourself. And, what sh why should they be able to, to do that as me being a free individual? Why should they be able to violate my autonomy um, as, as a free individual to own property and to use it as I so feel without, so long as I'm not violating somebody else's rights? Well, I think, and we have discussed about, like, that they have the authority to. Right. So then I think it comes down to the 51, the 51 votes. So it's like just, it is, it's it a purely a, arbitrary power play then. It's, there's no legal reasoning behind it other than 51 votes versus the 49 said you can't do it. I mean, what, it, I mean, honestly, what it, a lot of it comes down to is then it comes, because the federal government is comprised of people who vote and do things based on their preferences, beliefs, and that kind of stuff. And so because the, we've established that they have the authority so now it comes down into why do the individuals who are voting for it believe that? And that isn't necessarily a government thing because the government, since it's not a sentient being, and I know that you know all this stuff and everything, right. but it doesn't have the, the ability to decide these. So it comes down to the people's preferences on things. I mean, ultimately, that's where it comes down to is who are the people making the laws and what do they believe about the issues? So then your perspective would be that it should be legal just simply because a bunch of people want it to be illegal, you know, and to hell with whatever their reasoning is, might makes right. No, I'm, and that's one of the things that John Stuart Mill, um, and part of my prep for this, I listened to something, his thing on Liberty. Um, but that's one of the things that he was very, very cautious of. Right. Um, the idea of the majority picking out stuff, um, the tyranny of the majority. Right. Um, and I, and I think part of it is less to do with, I don't think we can go to one specific reason of why do why does the government draw the line on this and not that, you know why do they why do they ban pot but or you know 
why do they ban pot but not alcohol? Um, and the, really the only reason the um, prohibition got overturned is because people, they made it so. They did it. Um, and so I think that's, regardless of whether or not I agree with that rationale, because I don't believe in might makes right and that kind of thing, I, just, I think that's just the reality of the world that we live in. Um, the Constitution gives the ability for the states to decide or the federal government if we're using if they use the commerce clause for it and then it's decided by our represent or represent representatives and so even if i just and so i per, like i mentioned before i could not support uh lawmakers who would vote for it i cannot support um or of course that's a, that's a whole nother thing but if given if there was a referendum in georgia where i live i would actually i think there was in cop anyway Anyway, um, I could not vote for it in good conscience. Okay. I mean, I, I understand that from like a Christian perspective where a Christian would be like, you know, that's sinful. So I'm never going to vote for anything that I would, you know, ultimately see as enabling somebody to do something sinful with the blessing of the state. I mean, that at least makes sense from why maybe perhaps a Christian might oppose um, the legalization of marijuana. Um, but at the same time, you know, you look back at church, you look back at the history of this country and we talk about prohibition. Um, you know, I, I would almost say your perspective almost seems a little passive that you would never do anything. You would never vote or try to legislate in such a way as to, you know, make the sale of alcohol illegal. Like, I, I think you would agree that, prohibition was a bad idea correct i i think that it, it failed okay but do you th i would would you I mean, have supported prohibition of alcohol back in the early 20th century uh, i i don't know because i, I mean I, your, your perspective almost comes across as like you wouldn't do something to support something that you find morally objectionable however you're not going to invent new laws that um, just simply legislate your sense of morality. Like, like I looked at like prohibition as the church back in the day and the church was a big, you know, Billy Sunday and all these guys, mm -hmm. they were big pushers and supporters of pro prohibition, Salvation Army, a lot of Methodists and, and folks of that nature. They supported prohibition and they actively worked with progressives and Democrats, interestingly enough, um, to, to uh, enforce prohibition because it was looked at as this great evil and, you know, for all their attempt at pastoring people to death about the evils of alcohol or the evils of drug use um, and those sort of things, they weren't able to stop people from doing it. And so they's like, okay, if we can't, you know, preach you to not do it, um, we're going to legislate it. Um, yeah. and, and, and that's more or less what the, posi what the position of the church was. The gospel wasn't strong enough. Uh, it wasn't just, <laughs> you know, for them, they right. needed something more than the gospel. Weird how that works out. Um, especially considering modern contemporary debates in which some people are like, well, the gospel's enough to cure racism or whatever. But anyway, I digress. Um, but, uh, Ooh, that's another hot topic for another day. Right. Um, but so like I, I, but I, as a, as an individual, as a Christian for me, it's like, you know, I don't support those things and I definitely, you know, feel where you're coming from on the, I wouldn't want to vote for anything that I would be morally opposed to. But at the same time, I'm not feeling like as a Christian, I could vote in good conscience 
for legislation that just simply imposes my morality on the day-to-day -day lives of other individuals, especially when those, um, you know, when people fail to live up to that morality, there could be harsh um, consequences for it. Like currently, um, marijuana possession, in spite of all the states um, starting to legalize marijuana, let's see, I, my research that I did before the show shows that 16 states in the United States currently have fully legalized marijuana use. Uh, 33 states allow for medical use of marijuana and 26 states have decriminalized marijuana at some level. Um, however, it's still considered a federal crime. And as a result, it is considered a felony that, um, in person re legal research I did, possession of marijuana in any size is considered a felony. And the first time offense can be one year in federal prison with a maximum of three years for any possession and any amount of growth of marijuana is an automatic five-year um, federal felony. Like, to me, it's like, ah, I don't like marijuana. I don't want people smoking it. I think it's bad. Stay away from it. But at the same time, I don't want people going to jail over it just because I don't like it. And then I think it's immoral. Especially when you have such harsh, seemingly harsh, uh, and I think you would agree, such... Maybe you don't agree. Um, maybe you can tell me. But uh, do you, yeah. like, doesn't that seem like a bit of an overstretch that, hey, not only are we going to tell you it's illegal, but we're going to deprive you of your right to life and liberty, and we're going to incarcerate you for one, three, five years, maybe more, depending on the nature of the crime and how much and all that. Like, to me, that seems crazy. As, um, like, so one of the things, and one of the things with the, the federal legislation that, just passing the representative, and I'm kind of getting around to that, to your question, um, that one of the things that it does is it will expunge the record of anyone who, who had federal, it, almost like retroactively. Right. Um, so it will expunge the records. Um, I don't believe the government should expunge the records because the people who committed the, the according to this felonies did so knowing it. So it wasn't like, so I don't, so just because it now becomes illegal at that time, they violated the law and therefore they should pay the penalty for it. Are these penalties a bit much? Um, I think that um, I, don't, I don't like necessarily the minimum, um, like the first year, like one year in prison minimum. I don't think that that is necessarily um, needed, but I also don't know fully the intricacies of does a, do all felonies have a minimum penalty? Um, yes. But I know all felonies have minimum penalties. Yes, that's why it's a felony. It's all in order to be classified as a felony, it has to be a minimum one year sentence. Oh, interesting. That's what makes it a felony versus a misdemeanor. I thought it was something else. Okay, cool. Yay! This is I'm learning everything. Thanks, <laughs> Jimmy. Um, but it's um, I don't. I'm not as concerned about what the um, the current thing is. I think if if you don't want to face those penalties, you shouldn't do it. And so I'm okay with it being as stringent as they want it to be. But shouldn't it, shouldn't a sense of justice be um, like it's it's all about equal? So if I steal a thousand dollars from you, in order to enact justice. I have to give you $1,000 back and maybe with some interest um, because I deprived you of your right of $1,000. 
Um, sure. So it seems to me that if you're depriving somebody of their ability to live a life in freedom, that they should have done something that deprived somebody of a year of life. Um, you know, and it seems to me that that the one-year guideline, the three-year guideline, five-year, whatever arbitrary numbers they throw out there, it doesn't seem the punishment meets the crime. Whose rights did they violate that they should be deprived of their right to life? It seems like the 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 punishment, um, it's it's not restorative. It's 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 simply punishment for punishment's sake, and it seems harsh. And it doesn't seem like it's rising to the level of the crime that was actually committed. Um, it should be I proportional, don't... is what I'm saying. Otherwise, it seems arbitrary. And maybe you could say, it's just, fine, it's arbitrary. That's what the people decided. But I don't like things that are arbitrarily decided. I think if you're going to have a sense of justice, it needs to be based off principle um, and proportion and things like that. A year in the federal clink and then ruining your life for the rest of your life, by the way. Um, you're going to have a hard time getting uh, rental, <laughs> uh, renting a property, buying a house, getting a job, and it's going to show up on your record every time somebody does a job search for you. Um, and you're going to have to explain yourself. So that's going to haunt you. It's going to be a shadow that follows you the rest of your life. I have a felony for all of smoking some joint or even not even smoking it, maybe just owning it. Like well, don't, don't do it. Right. Don't do it. I agree. Don't do it. Well, And so, and that's kind of the thing. It's like, so it, to me, I'm not as concerned about what the penalties are because it's illegal to do. You shouldn't do it. Um, but if the penalties and, are unjust, if they're harsh and not proportional, it's unjust. So we should be concerned. It, it, it's not just say, aha, you got caught. So now you have to pay the, the the you have to pay for it. Well, they should only have to pay proportional to what they did. And if they did something, they shouldn't be severely punished just for the sake of you got caught. That that seems asinine to me. And it's unjust well, I'm, and immoral. I'm, think, <laughs> I'm thinking through these things like okay, yes. so if we speed, then we can get slapped with a minimum fine and stuff like that. That right. really doesn't affect anybody. If I go 60 and a 55 or 70 and a 65, whatever it is, it's still technically speeding. I can still be penalized for it. Um, and the, the 500, not 500, but whatever, let's say, let's say $200 fine that's associated with it. I don't think that's proportional with my driving, you know, five miles over the speed limit. Um, so I think, I don't know, with it being considered a felony, I'm, I thought part of what a felony was, and this is my ignorance of the law in this sense, is that felonies were also allotted for things that were federal crimes. Correct. They're federal crimes and they come with a one year. You, you could have a misdemeanor, but you yeah. can also have a felony. Possession of marijuana is a felony. So if, if it were criminally if it were decriminalized on the federal level then that would take it away from being a felony correct um 
I'm not 100% sure. Okay. That would be an interesting. If any lawyers are out there, please let us know. Would you support a reduced criminalization of it? Like maybe just a fine or, you know, say, oh, you got caught smoking marijuana, pay $100 now. Versus Um, depriving somebody of their life for a solid year? I could see having an escalating scale. um, Like we already... We already did like that with a driver's license. And growing that's illegal. I for sure I want to throw bigger things on there. But like having like a joint in your pocket, I don't know that you should have a a year in prison for that. Um, with that said, I I don't really have, and I'm sorry about this, but I don't really have a lot of sympathy for people who are in prison for that because they knew the penalty. So we can work to change it. But anyone who is in jail right now for having marijuana they should remain in so even if it becomes decriminalized well i mean i could i i can understand like not expunging somebody's record somebody knew something was a likely a violation of the law and even if the law changes you know i can say hey you shouldn't expunge somebody's record they broke what was a known law at the time and that should be something that you know we consider going forward um however you know, I do think that um, the continued, um, you know, level of punishment that we continue to dish out for people for simply owning and possessing and using low levels of drugs that do nothing but let them get high um, and doesn't cause them to violate somebody else's rights, I don't think they should be severely punished for that. Like, if you want to you know, make it so it's regulated like we do driving and say, okay, you know, first infractions, this penalty, second infractions, this penalty, third infractions, this penalty, fourth infraction, you got to go to defensive driving school if you wish to continue to have a, like, like, okay, that almost seems like a more reasonable approach. Um, And you would still get an argument for me that we should decriminalize it altogether, um, with marijuana and, uh, you know, pretty much any other drug I would even venture to say. Um, but, uh, when it comes to, um, you know, saying, ha, you're going to go to jail for a year. You knew the rules and you got caught. Ha ha ha. Well, that sucks because guess what? That's a real human being right there. That's somebody created in the image of God. That's taken a year, maybe two years, three years, five years, whatever, away from them that they will never get back for simply exercising their agency as a free individual to own something simply because somebody arbitrarily somewhere said you should not be able to own that or use it. That, I I just can't, uh, I can't sleep. Well, actually, I will sleep, but like, <laughs> but I, that, that just seems unconscionable, unjust to me. These are real people, you know, and some of the people like that, you know, Joe Rogan smokes pot all the time on his podcast. He did it with Elon Musk. None of them are going to jail anytime soon, even though we have footage of them doing it. However, you know, if it was some, you know, poor white kid or black kid or whatever, and they got um, busted smoking marijuana, they're going to go to jail. Um, and that's simply because of, you know, perhaps, uh, you know, perceived injustices and classism and, you know, your money makes, gives you different levels of justice in this country. Um, Mm -hmm. depending on what sort of lawyer you can hire. And I think that's terrible. Um, and I think, 
that um, prosecuting people to the degree that we do for drug possession, you know, it does create a great disparity in classism. And, um, you know, there isn't true equality on the eyes of the law when it comes to those things, because we know Snoop Dogg smokes pot. We know Willie Nelson smokes pot. We know um, Joe Rogan and all these guys. We know they smoke copious amounts of pot. And they've been doing it for decades, and nobody's ever given them uh, any beef over it. But, you know, we know also all know people who've gone to jail for um, possession of drugs. Um, I, I know somebody who was, uh, who had a, a restaurant, <laughs> and they decided to use a particular room in their restaurant to grow marijuana. Well, they ended up getting busted, and they ended up going to jail. Uh, they lost their business, they lost their livelihood, and I don't know what's ever happened to them, but I'm like, man, that's, that seems a little harsh, um, and maybe we shouldn't do that to people, that maybe we should decriminalize it, maybe we, maybe we should look at people and say, hey, instead of criminalizing it, maybe we should recognize, hey, uh, like they've done in places like Portugal, where they've decriminalized all the drugs, and um, simply look at people as people who maybe need just to go to AA or therapy or get some sort of um, other uh, medical attention and look at it as more of a psychological issue than a criminal issue. Um, I do think that, so, so with regards to the, the I, I, would, I would support, I could see not opposing a law that would... Um, maybe defelonize possession and single serving um, type things versus just having, you know, like a single joint could do something. Um, I don't know that take, I think if we argue with that, these are, of course, I believe they're human beings made in the image of God, but I think that that is more of a, I think that saying that because these are people made in the image of God, therefore we shouldn't throw them in jail for a year or whatnot for you know, violating the law. I think that's more of a moral leap and a more of imposing Christian Christian perspective on things than saying that I will support um, prohibition of this because of my moral values on this. So one is so I don't I'm, I know I'm not doing the best in communicating that, but that's kind of where I'm thinking with that aspect. Well, I mean, even if we wanted to strip the God talk from it, and I'm sure some of the people who listen to this podcast wish I would. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, even then, if I just wanted to talk about it from a purely libertarian standpoint, I'm a free agent. I am born free. I'm going to die free. I have natural rights granted to me by nature and my creator, whoever that yes. is. Or, you know, and the government only exists to use coercive force in order to punish wrongdoers for violating the natural rights of other individuals and the government is ultimately just a gun at the end of the day and it exists um, simply to wield its power for those purposes. And, you know, and, and even though I don't buy into the 100% libertarian hardline perspective on things, I definitely think they're on to something with that. And, and I would say... You know, they would, a libertarian type perspective, would that would be the argument is that they shouldn't be able to do that because they're infringing upon my rights as a free individual. Um, and therefore, 
whatever arbitrary reason you may want to come up with to punish me, well, that's unethical and immoral just from that sort of framework, that systematic framework. Well, I would say that the, the rationale isn't inherently arbitrary. Um, but so, so going to kind of what you were talking about, I think part of the reason we can't do the, um, sorry, I'm just, I'm trying to, sure. To, I need to take notes when I'm on, I don't take enough notes on your show. <laughs> I need, I guess like, maybe next time I'll have this thing figured out. Um, but I think part of the thing is we can't necessarily treat it because or so we can't necessarily treat it as a mental issue or as like a mental health issue or like a dependency issue because the big thing that pro marijuana people have been doing is that it's non-addictive it's safe it's natural there's no problem and if we were to decriminalize it and then say hey people who get this you know people who smoke this all the time can become addicted to it it opens up a pandora's box that the other people don't want to admit to therefore that kind of thing isn't going to necessarily happen yeah Um, i I agree pragmatically it may not happen but i don't know what's happened in portugal I mean, Portugal, they decriminalized all drugs, marijuana, heroin, yeah. everything. Um, it's all good over there. They were having a rampant drug problem up up the level of prohibition. And now they've cleaned up and they, you know, have, even though it's free, it's decriminalized, they like they, they look, they still have a sense of, um, you know, a chronic mental health issue that, that if you, they recognize you kind of, you know, and I'm not a Portugal legal expert, <laughs> yeah. um, but Essentially, whatever excesses they may recognize and whatever problems they may recognize, they ultimately use it as a path to um, helping you get help um, for your debilitating psychological, mental, therapeutic, spiritual issue, um, just like they would with somebody with AA or any other, you know, drug. Um, and that's how they've done it, and they've seen a lot of success um from what i've read again i'm no expert in their system but it seems to me hey maybe we can learn something from our portuguese friends over across the pond um and maybe they have figured out a better approach to our than what we have because you know our war on drugs approach just doesn't seem to be working and i think you and i agree that you know we want to live in a world in which less people use drugs and are addicted to drugs and suffer um, the consequences of broken lives. I mean, we all know lives that have been destroyed because of drugs, alcohol, tobacco, um, and everything in between, and then some. Um, so I think we, we want to uh, live in that world. So why not take a page out of Portugal's approach and, you know, support the legislation that the House of Representatives passed, you know, um, recently, and maybe, you know, the Senate will push it through. I don't know. Um, I'd still like to know all the details about it because, um, you know, I think there would be something I would probably disagree with in that bill. However, I think even if there's things I disagree with in the bill, you know, decriminalizing marijuana, I think, I think that's the right thing to do. And it's a better approach than what we've been doing. I do think that these kind of um, these kind of conversations are important. Um, so, uh, thank you for for inviting me to talk about it. But I think it, I definitely think that like so, and I think that if we come into it with an open mind, I think it's really important. So like, and I think it, as sorry, I keep saying I think a lot. I apologize, but as we go through this, and if you were to 
and as you play back this to edit it, I think part of what you'll you'll see it kind of changed my opinion on the fly on the uh, <laughs> the possession and the federal thing. It's like nope, nope, this is I don't care. Actually, hold on a second. Now that we've talked about this, I kind of see how um, this could be beneficial to adjust some of the things. And, oh, glory. Uh, so I, I've made a convert out of you. You've heard it, people. He has seen the light. <laughs> quite. I still think I still would not support it if it oh, came okay. to me. Now, President Theo, um, if he had a law that was like his official stance would be, no, we should keep this stuff done. And if he had a law that came in and said, hey, we want to decriminalize everything, I would say, especially the current law that was passed. No, I'm not going to expunge anything, all that kind of stuff. Um and then if given the option, I would I would say no. However, I do think um, I could see him potentially um, removing the federal aspect from it and leaving it to the states to decide. Okay. So, so like kind of like with abortion, like if a, if a state wants to have an abortion, they have the federal right to the legal right to do so. But if I'm in, in Georgia, I'm going to vote against it every time. But in Tennessee, while I may support people's making that decision to vote against it, if Tennessee were to allow it, of course, it's, it's legal, but anyway, but if Tennessee were to allow it, then I don't know that I would spend a lot of resources and time to, to try to get a law to ban it in Tennessee, per se. I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah. Right. way. Yeah. Yeah. So. Sounds good. Well, Theo, St. Theosaurus Rex, thanks for coming on my podcast again. Enjoyed the Ooh. conversation. Uh, for yeah. those of you who have not listened previously, uh, Theosaurus Rex and I previously talked about uh, political stuff with Jesus and politics. Yeah. Uh, I'll have a link to the show uh, to that show in the show notes at jimmystable.com if you want to check it out. So, St. Theo, thank you for coming. If the people want to write you... Um, or reach out to you, what ways can they do that? Um, you can go on the Twitter. See, I'm very fancy. Uh, with At St. Theosaurus Rex, that's S-T um, for Saint, and then T-H-E-O-S-A-U-R-U-S. So St. Theo, as in like God's word. Anyway, Rex. Um, so St. Theosaurus Rex, and then um, I have a Facebook page I don't use a lot, which is sad. <laughs> but uh, you can reach out to me on Twitter. That's probably the best way. Um, or the Theosaurus Rex at Outlook if you want to send me an email. And we'll be good to go. Awesome. Well, thank you, Pastor St. Theosaurus Rex, for coming on the show. And if you guys haven't also had the opportunity to check out uh, St. Theosaurus Rex and I regularly uh, co-host and appear on ADD Masterminds with uh, John Howie on that podcast where we have conversations about anything and everything that can be had all at the same time like a recent one we talked about dogs named karen um as well as santa claus all at the same time um so uh that we don't get political there and we don't get political there that's what that's why saint theo comes over on my podcast so we can get jesus-y and politically uh all that we want because uh, this is a safe space for that. So everybody, thank you for listening to the jimmystable.com podcast. Uh, be sure to subscribe. Be sure to like. Uh, if you follow on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, or whatever, leave a review. I highly covet your five-star reviews. Um, and I don't have any use for your one-star reviews. They don't help people find this show. Um, so let me encourage you, five-star reviews all day long if you have enjoyed this show. Uh, and I'm glad I had Theo on uh, today's podcast. So thank you again, Theo, uh, for coming on.
Everybody take care. God bless. This is jimmystable.com where I'm having conversations about faith, life, culture, and sometimes food. That's all I have to say about that. That's the right on, man. You said it all.